take off my uh, favourite mask made by the very lovely Patsy Gaster. So uh, if you're watching this morning, Pat, thank you. Uh, and apologies if I've now created a rush of orders from the rest of the church family who might also want their own personalised Gaster mask. So we come to the reading this morning. The reading is from Psalm 119, verses 1 to 8. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Thank you, Ian. Shall we pray as we come and look at those words this morning? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the encouragement that it provides us. Thank you that it reveals you to us today. So we we just pray for that real sense of joy of knowing you this morning. We thank you for the promise of your spirit. Thank you that your spirit is with us now. And Holy Spirit, would you just do a fresh work in our hearts today? And we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Don't ask me how I managed to do this because I have no idea. But last um, weekend, I was cleaning the bathroom upstairs. And I managed somehow to drop my phone down the toilet. I think it fell out of my pocket somehow. I was leaning over and it went plop. And you know, you get that kind of moment when you're there thinking, what do I do? And for a split second, you freeze. And then I thought, quickly, grab the phone out of the toilet. So I did. I cleaned it. You'll be pleased to know. Um, I then dried it. But you know what? The temptation to switch it on to see if it worked was overwhelming. Because what you meant to do, which is actually what I did, was you meant to put it in a bag of rice, somewhere warm, and allow it thoroughly to dry out so that it will work again. But I was there thinking, do I just see if it's going to work? but I managed to resist. And it's a good job, really, because that phone was about six weeks old. So when I did switch it on, several hours later, it worked again. This is just serving my um, sort of thought that my sermon is going to be really lightweight this morning, isn't it, So All talking about phones dropping down the toilet. But sometimes in life, we can be tempted to rush things. Sometimes in life, we can want the quick fix. We can want the, the sort of the superficiality things in life. And we live in a society, even when we're locked down, that is of instant gratification. You think how many things you go online to do that is just there. It's all there on your phone in front of you, isn't it? The whole of human knowledge, the whole of human entertainment is sort of there right in front of you. And in our life where we have all this endless choice, what we can find is breadth of life can take place much more than depth. And we can become superficially people rather than deep people. Following the ways of the Lord, I believe, should be a real, real joy to us. I hope 
if you're, if you're here in the room this morning, if you're watching at home, that that is your experience, that, that knowing Jesus, that being a disciple of Jesus of itself is great joy. Walking those ancient paths of discipleship that many saints before us have traveled as well. Well, over the coming weeks, as we lead up to Advent and as then when we go into the Christmas period, we're going to be looking really at this subject of the joy of knowing God. The joys of knowing God. Now, we will be using some of the language of spiritual disciplines. Now, this is not kind of some kind of legalism by the back door, but about walking in the God-ordained ways that Scripture gives us that encourages us to encounter God in a deeper reality. So the reading of Scripture, the joy of prayer, the joy of Sabbath rest, the joy of serving God, the joy of remembering all about him. Now, just as we start off on this series, we have to remember that these spiritual disciplines, they are of not themselves the way to God. Jesus alone is the way to God. By faith, through grace, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, can we approach the throne of God boldly. But what these spiritual disciplines, what these pathways provide us that are found in Scripture is a way of enriching and deepening our experience and our joy of God in our everyday lives. Richard Foster, in his now um, classic book that was written in the 70s called Celebration of Discipline, I don't know if if anyone has read it, but it's it's a really incredible book. He tells of a story, and he says he he was a young preacher, he was fresh out of Bible college, and he thought he knew everything. And he went into his first church, and he thought that this church was going to grow like wildfire, because he knew everything. And so he arrived in this church, and he started preaching. And he said after three months, he'd run out of anything to say. This part of me thinks back to when I first started preaching. I think it took him that long, but three months anyway. Three months, and he ran out of anything to say. He realized there was nothing more of him to give. The church hadn't grown. Nothing much had happened. And so it took him back to those books that he'd studied at college. And he started to read again some of the famous names of the the Christian church. People like John Calvin, Martin Luther, John Wesley, Tozer, Brother Lawrence, the list goes on. And what he discovered was that there were people there who knew God in a way that he didn't. People who had a richer relationship with God that he had yet to experience. And he writes this. He said, they knew God in a way that I clearly did not. They experienced Jesus as the defining reality of their lives. They possessed a flaming vision of God that blinded them to all competing loyalties. I love that phrase, a flaming vision of God. Do you have that in your life today? Does your vision of God, does your understanding of Jesus outshine everything else? Any competing loyalties, whether it's materialism or whether it's work or whether it's even relationships, does your vision of God outshine all of that? Because the minute God becomes central in our lives, it compels us to deeper relationship. It compels us to seek him in a deeper and deeper way. The section of the psalm that that Ian read to us a few moments ago in verses 1 and 2, it uses those words, blessed. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless. And it goes on and it it applies this blessing in different contexts. Now, Psalm 119 is is an amazing psalm. It's also a very long psalm. Um, If you get a chance this afternoon, go and read the whole lot. We we would probably be here for quite a while if we read it all now. But it's it's what's called an acrostic psalm. 
It comes in sections, and each section begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the most amazing piece of writing. But at this beginning of the psalm, it tells us that we're blessed. We're, we're in a great place if we do the things that God wants us to do. It's the best way of living. Now, as human beings, we're all different, aren't we? Um, some of us are very routine-driven. We need a routine to flourish. We get up at a set time. We go to bed at a set time. We eat meals and have drinks at set times. Others of us get up when, well, probably have to get up for some reason or other in the day. It might be for work or, or um, whatever it is. But we get up and then we eat when we're hungry. <clears throat> we do those kind of things through the day that we need to do as and when we need to do them. That is human nature. God has made us all different. Discipline is not about putting in some kind of strict regime and routine in life, but it's about priorities. It's about priorities. If you're disciplined about something, it means that you do it. It means that you're prioritizing it. In this psalm, and I think it's a theme that Paul picks up on in the book of Galatians in chapter 5, verse 16, when he talks about walking in step with the Spirit, walking in step with the things that God wants for us, and so in this psalm, it says about enjoying his ways. It talks about um, walking blamelessly in verse 1, obeying what he says in verses 4, 5, and 8. There's a temptation when we see that word obey that as humans we immediately want the rule book. We want the tick list to say, okay, God, what is it that I need to do to know you at a deeper level? What are those things that I need to start? What are those things I need to stop? But if we're not careful, what we do is we turn the joy of knowing God out of being a grace-based relationship to being an act of the human will. And so it's no longer an act of the spirit. It's something we try. You know, there is joy when God changes us. But us trying to do it on our own will fail. We won't do it. But as we walk closely with God, God will work amazing things in us. And so the discipline, the joy of knowing God, the seeking after God is described in so many different ways throughout the scripture. And we'll come across this as the weeks go ahead. Paul will use it, and we saw this in 2 Timothy last week, about an athlete training, about running the race, completing the race. At different times in the Bible, it'll be talked of as a, as a lover pursuing their beloved. At other times, we see it's like a deer seeking after streams of water. But it's this imagery of seeking after God, longing after him. Last summer, which um, seems like an absolute lifetime ago now, um, I was on sabbatical. And um, to be honest, I think that the, the months leading up to sabbatical, I don't know whether it's one of those things that the minute you know that you're, you're having some time off, you get tireder and tireder leading up to it. But I think I, I was feeling quite worn out in those months before sabbatical. But it was a real eye-opener for me for those three months because I didn't set myself a huge amount of task-driven things to do. I did do stuff, but I didn't have a load of tasks. And so what I did was I set my objective as being spiritually refreshed, as coming to know God at a deeper level. And I'm not naturally a particularly routine person. Claire will tell you that. If you want to hear stories, go and ask her. Um, but I am quite disciplined in the sense that if I know I want to do something, I will do it and I will prioritize it. And so over my sabbatical, what I decided was that each day I would put a considerable amount of time aside for Bible reading, for other reading, for prayer, for worship, alongside other things like exercise and playing music and, and other things. Now, this was a unique experience for me to be able to do that. 
And it's quite uh, one of those um, blessings as a minister that every seven years we do have this opportunity. But can I tell you that the first two weeks were incredibly tough. The first two weeks were incredibly hard. I kept getting really distracted. And I'd be there reading my Bible and I'd suddenly think, should I go and check my church email just to see if anything happens to have come in? And it's like, well, why would I be doing that? No one's emailing me. Nobody's emailing me. Or should I just ring somebody? Should I see how the office is getting on in church or the building project that was happening at the time? And I had to make myself say, no, that is not what I'm prioritizing at the moment. After about two weeks, my brain had calmed down and I started to think, actually, this is a good thing. By the end of that three-month period, I remember walking across a field in Northumbria. I don't know if you've been to Northumbria, but Northumbria is stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. And I was on my own one evening, just walking across this field. And I felt um, praying to the Lord, thinking, I have not felt this spiritually alive for years. I had not felt that physically at ease or, or emotionally at ease with myself for years either. Why was that? Well, I believe it's because I had prioritized that prayer, and that Bible reading, that seeking after the Lord. And I'd started to encounter him in ways that easily get pushed onto the back burner. But you know what? At the end of that period, I had to join back into normal life. Within six months, we were down in lockdown, and life had gone very, very strange indeed. And all those disciplines that I'd got into a really good habit and found an absolute joy started to go back onto the back burner. And it starts to get a slog again, and you start to find this is not as easy as it was. And it's just a reminder to me that we're all learning on this. If anyone claims to be an expert, I would, I would question them. We're, we're all beginners. We see but through a glass dimly when it comes to seeking after the Lord. But can I encourage us, all of us, as we head into this second part of the autumn term, to prioritize that seeking after the Lord at a deeper level in these different ways we'll be looking at. It's something that the psalmist regularly encourages us to do. Look at, look at this from Psalm 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing I ask. What is the one thing you're asking for in life at the moment? Is it to seek the Lord at a deeper level? Or is it something else? And I love that, that language in the second part of that, that sentence, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. When you're gazing on something, it's something you do when something really needs appreciating. You know, you might gaze on a view. If you've just fallen in love, you might gaze on the person you've fallen in love with. But it's, it's one of those things. It's taking your time to look and to see and to see who is there before you, to gaze upon the Lord. Now, it's easy to say, isn't it? Oh, well, oh yes, I, I desire more of God. I desire more of God. If you're listening on, on Tuesday to our Elijah series, Simon was, was preaching, and it, he, he mentioned a phrase which I thought was really poignant, and he said, to seek God is to choose God. To seek God is to choose God. Now, perhaps today you, you want to choose God, but actually you know that if you choose God and you come into his presence and you read his word and you get on your knees in prayer, that actually God will start to reveal stuff in your life. And it'll be stuff that actually is quite uncomfortable. You know, yes, God will do that. God will do that. He will make us want to be more like him. He will change us from the inside out. 
But what a joy it is to become like the Lord. Verse 7 in the psalm, um, the part of the psalm we read, it talks about being people of praise as well. There's um, a not very snappily named document from the 1600s called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um, But it has a phrase in it which has become quite famous, and I'll read it in its original. And it, it poses a series of questions and then has answers to them. And it says, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I love that, that thought of enjoying God forever. Having sought God, having known God, to enjoy him forever. You know, praise is not about superficial things. Praise is about having a life that is oriented towards God and seeing the blessings that God gives us. And blessing isn't superficial temporary happiness. You know, at the moment, life is is quite tough. But blessing is rooted in God, and God is eternal. And so our blessings in Christ are rooted in eternity. It is the joy of God himself. Now, Sarah's already mentioned this, but I'm conscious that for many of us, this week is going to be a real challenge. You know, the clocks have gone back. For me, that meant that I woke up ridiculously early this morning. Um, it'll probably mean the same again for the next few days. Um, and we adjust to that, and then it'll start going dark at 5 o'clock this evening. We go into tier two on Tuesday, tier 3 sorry, on, on Tuesday morning, don't we? And it's that sense that actually everything is closing in again. And we can find ourselves you know, sort of searching around for hope. Where can we find our next bit of hope? If we seek after the Lord, it doesn't take all that away. But we keep, we keep talking about this. It sets it in a different context. And it puts our hope, it roots our hope in eternity, in the things of God. So can I encourage us, as we go into the second part of this term, as we'll be looking at scripture reading, as we'll be looking at prayer, as we'll be looking at these different spiritual disciplines, to prioritize God in our lives. To choose Jesus when actually we may be tempted to go down that road of despair. To find hope in the gospel. To find that rest in the spirit when actually everything else is closing in. Jesus, when he says, I am the light of the world, he really does mean it. He really does mean it. Let's pray and let's come to God and let's choose him and seek him this week and in the weeks that lie ahead. Amen. Claire's going to pray for us.